Oh boy, happy birthday. Welcome back to PJ's son, it's your old buddy Dom. I have got a special guest with me today. Um, I'm going to introduce you real quick and then I'm going to talk some shit about you. Um, I have been telling you guys about my good brother, Ethan Place, um, Scout Sniper, United States Marine. And we were able to work out scheduling and football and sports and kids and, and the rest of life to uh, get my brother in here for our birthday. So thanks for coming by, man. I appreciate it. I oh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, I was at the kids' school today for their Veterans Day. Do they still do that in high school? Yeah, they do. They uh, We had one. I spoke at an elementary school today. You did? Yeah, and then came back for the high school one and then uh, spoke to the girls' basketball team after school. So Shit, man. Yeah, it's been a – yeah, they still – it depends where it's at, though. It yeah. It could, could be different, but where we're at, especially out in Wentzville, they, they do it up pretty good. This whole region is is super – the patriotic and, and, and all that shit. Yeah. Um, I have I don't know how many of the kids uh what do you call that not a ceremony but what like I don't know how many of the veterans day what the fuck is it called the veterans day like oh assemblies and assemb stuff. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know how many I've made and but I've made I think I've only missed like one or two since they've been in school yeah they they make it such a big deal and it's so cool. And like at the end of it, they call it an honor walk. So everyone in the school is on both sides of the, of the hallway and just like clapping and saying, thank you. And yeah. it's, it's just, it's fucking cool to see. But, um, so they played our hymn, uh, and part of it, man. And it, it still does that same thing to me yeah. that it, that it did 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, I don't think that should change really, but. No, and I think it's interesting too when you compare it. And this isn't to knock any other service, but no, uh, obviously today for a school, this is when they did their Veterans Day assemblies. Right, right. But it's also mm -hmm. the Marine Corps birthday, so you know it's Veterans Day is tomorrow. So I, I always uh, <clears throat> made sure to to make that clear. It's that, coming first. Yeah, it's coming first. Well, when the uh, secretary emailed me, they like to get a photo and all that stuff. When when she emailed me, I said, oh, "Funny fact, you guys are observing on the tenth. That's our birthday." That would probably be a pretty cool thing to to mention. mention. As far as the Marines go there, they're going to get yeah. a kick. She was like, thank you for telling me that. And sure enough, they had a whole thing. But uh, And then TAPS, too. Yeah. TAPS is always that Taps. one where I'm like, fuck, you know, yeah. I kind of got to hang in there for a second and then just appreciate it. And this kid wailed it. Is that a, what is that, a trumpet? Yeah, it's a trumpet, a trumpet right? Yeah. He fucking wailed it. And I was like, god damn, he sounds good. You know, for yeah. like seventh or middle yeah. school kid, he wailed. Yeah. And uh, but Alicia, I I'll always get kind of a tap, you know, during taps, yeah. no pun intended there, because yeah. I'm like that one, that one's still a little tough. But, uh, you know, um, it means so much because it means so much. Right. Yeah. Well, and it brings back real memories. Uh, yeah. You know, when you were when you're when we were boots, uh, you do it and you think about the memory of other people. But <clears throat> now when it's played, it's more real. Yeah. So, yeah. It brings back a lot of that. And yeah. I got goosebumps now. Um, okay. I have told you guys, my audience, the story. Um, I don't even know if you know. I went through boot camp, broke my foot on the Reaper carrying that guy up. Uh so so I had to go back to MCRD until they medically released me. You guys all know this stuff, but I gotta tell you because Ethan's sitting in front of me. Uh when I got back up to Camp Pendleton to go to school of infantry it was when we met. Yes. I don't know exactly, like I can't remember the exact day, but I remember it was this thing, you're, we, haven't, we have a dialect here in the Midwest, kind yes. of, 
Yeah. You were saying something, and I'm like, hey, man, where are you from? And I don't even know how it got brought up. But. You know, I, where I think it was is uh, we were in supply, getting, like, uh, certain supplies. And we already had our helmets and other things. Okay. We were sitting down. You know how they have you sit there yeah, like, yeah. forever. And people were talking a little bit. And it's also where you finally can have open conversations sure. with people and try to figure out where everybody's from. Yeah, yeah. And real quick, I, you either heard me or vice versa, and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that mid, that's a Midwest guy, and then you were bringing up areas, and I was like, "Oh shit, he's from St. Louis." Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, and I think we were talking to a bunch of other people, but we were all kind of sitting in line at a right, at a, waiting to get supply or something. I but, don't remember that part. That's awesome though. But but it is good, folks that don't know. Um, the whole journey is pretty much alone. And like Ethan just said, in boot camp, there's not a whole lot of talking until at night when Joel starts to go to sleep and you get to kind of like take a shit and see the guy across from you. And like, that's your social time. Yes. Yeah, very limited. Yeah. Uh, and, very limited. And then so you get to, so, so you might probably not, I don't know, run into somebody that you, where you're from in boot camp, but you kind of don't get to talk about it until school infantry. So, We've got some boot photos and stuff. It, it It's just funny that we were just little kids. Um, speaking of that, I am at, uh, is it Tumbling? I was at Tumbling a few years ago with uh, my oldest daughter. One of the parents, uh, it was the uh, uh, mom and dad, super cool people. And I'm talking to them. And uh, I think I asked her, her name was Connie, you know, Connie. Yeah. I asked her what she does. And she was telling me that she is a counselor at... Holt High School? Correct. Yeah, she's the, she's like the person to go to for if you're getting into college or right. for graduation stuff. She's the, I mean, she can tell you what you need to get into right. in the university. Um, so, yeah, she's one of the, she's been there forever. She coached me when I was a, yeah. in high school. So she's, Mrs. she's awesome. Mrs. Ponath, my counselor, kept calling me down and going, what are we going to do? Time's come down. I know that the time I'm like, look, I told you guys, my mom had the same thing is like, I told you guys what I'm going to do after high school. I know it could sound like bullshit, but this is what I'm going to do. So finally, when I got enlisted uh, later in my junior year, she was like, okay, so you, you said you did what you said you were going to do. I'm like, I wasn't fucking with you guys. Yeah, like, this, this is the one thing I knew that I was going to be doing. Connie tells me, uh, so, so yeah, like Ethan just got done saying, Connie was, she was working at the school when you went to the school. Correct. Yeah. Where was, now you are a football coach and teacher. Yeah. So now we work together and that's been, been awesome. So she told me that your original plans did not fall in line with the Marine Corps. Is that correct? Yeah. I was going to go to college, uh, play football was going to be the, the original plan. And, but it, something had been with me always about serving, uh, you know, I was, I can remember when my grandfather died. It was my my dad's father, and uh, he's buried up in, in Illinois, the Springfield area. Mm. And I can remember when he was buried, just seeing the he was uh, he flew in the Army Air Corps in World War II and was a top turret gunner in a B seventeen. Wow! And it just really impressed me. I mean, when he was buried, and how I felt like they took care of him, and it was a big deal. Yeah. So it always was on my mind to serve. Um, yeah. But it. You know, both my parents were in education. My dad was the first male in our family history to graduate high school. So he went on and got his doctorate. So they really were kind of pushing to go to school. Education. Yeah, type yeah. thing. And I, I knew that if I went to college, I was I was wanted to be a teacher and a football coach. Yeah. So that was always kind of on the, 
the first part of the game plan. Was your dad the head principal at your high school? Did I hear that? No, no. Uh, my mother was an elementary principal, and then my dad was the assistant superintendent. So, of this district? Of the district, yeah. yeah. And he had been a superintendent in southwest Missouri at a small uh, small school district. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get away with, with much. I would, Both my, my mom and sure. dad, you know. You're covered. They dealt, yeah, they'd been, they had dealt with kids, so they knew if I was even starting to lie. You know, they'd been around kids all the time. Yeah, of course. Nervous, yeah, so. that's a bummer. You were interrogated like oh, and you didn't even know it. I couldn't get away with anything. Yeah. I, yeah. But so, when, like, do you remember... I like to I like to do this when I talk to guys who went down that road. Do you remember like what was it? Was it a thing? Was it did something happen? Did you was it a nine eleven? Was it a was it a anything that stuck out that went all right? Now I know. Yeah, you know, um, probably one of the well the, the the moment that I really started pushing towards the Marine Corps was uh, springtime of my senior year. So my senior year of football. Uh, while my sophomore year of football, my head coach died of a heart attack. So I had a new coach that That's was tough. a great guy. But as I got closer to the end of high school, I was just done with school uh, yeah. a lot. And I wanted to do something that uh, that I couldn't do as a civilian. Ever, right, right, right. So one of my coaches was an Army Ranger, and he was a lieutenant colonel at the time. Wow. And, and he was actually trying to discourage me from joining, I think. But I went over to his house and he sat me down in the kitchen and we were going over like the pros and cons and why sure. did you want to enlist? Good idea. And I just I asked him. I said, "Well, why did you right join?" And he got real Sir. flustered. Yeah, he got real real flustered on it. And he spoke and he he spoke from his heart. He basically said, "Listen, you know, I've got a buddy that's a lawyer. I've got buddies that have gone on to big business, but they've never seen you know the sun come up in in Saudi Arabia or they've never flown a helicopter." you know, over the ocean or yeah. flown in a helicopter. Over yeah. the ocean. They've ever jumped out of a plane. And so he was talking about all those experiences and it really, what he was doing was <laughs> reaffirming why I wanted to join. Yeah. But that I, was psyops. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it was one of those things, but he was really big on, listen, if you're going to go enlisted at some point, go to school and be an officer. And I was like, well, okay. Like I'm, if I get out, um, I would, if I, if I know I wanted to stay in at the time, I didn't know. Yeah. I was like, if I wanted to stay in, I would, I would try to get out and go to college or go that route to, to be an officer. However, <clears throat> once I got in, I didn't really want to do that. If I would have stayed in, I would have stayed in. Enlisted. No. And you, you know? have killer officers, but for the most yeah. part, it's like, ah, I don't want to be the guy in yeah. my salute. Uh, yeah. I don't, you know, uh, but it was one of those things where that really started getting me thinking. And then it was, okay, if I'm going to join, what branch do I want to join? And it, that was, it just came natural to the Marine Corps. Yeah. My uncle was in the Marines and I really, to be honest with you, had no aspirations to be a sniper at all. It was, I just want to be a ground pounder. Oh, three eleven. Yeah. Grunt, get the experience of what that is. Uh, of course this is pre nine 11, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I think I, I went down to the MEPS in August of Oh one and did all my stuff. Yeah. But, uh, they were kind of jerking me around on when I could leave. Mm, that uh, didn't last long. No, it did because I finally <laughs> said, "Listen, if you guys can't get me in an early date, especially after 9-11, it right. was like, "Listen, I I got, I'm going to be. You should be now. pumping guys through. Yeah. yeah. And part of it was is with those with recruiters is they want to have each month lined up, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. So it doesn't help them to get six one month and then get one no, the next. They need so, to even it out. Yeah. So and I was like, at the time, it was funny he's having this conversation with my dad, but. I was legitimately worried that I wouldn't get 
in the infantry in the Marine Corps because it would they would screw me and, and put me as like a, a cook or something, and that I couldn't get in it because ever because in my opinion I was like well everybody's gonna want to do that yeah and my dad was like son if you can't get in the Marine Corps infantry right now future employment's gonna be tough it's gonna you got a tough road because it's after nine eleven yeah you know, I'm like everybody's gonna want to join I'm gonna get screwed and well I'm surprised and, you didn't score too high see that would have been your fault because because <laughs> you were a smarter guy. They, they'll take you like, no, we need you over here on some intel the, shit. They they tried to push me a little bit on the intel, which is what I actually ended up in as a scout sniper. Of course, because you work for the of course, the, you know the O two office or S two. But um, yeah, it was it was just kind of an interesting transition. But I would say it was the springtime of my senior year where I was really starting to push that and just kind of getting away from college and it not being something that I, I wanted to do. Cause I was like, I'm going to, in my opinion, I was like, I'm not ready. I'm about failing out. Yeah. Why, why yeah. waste my time doing this when I'm pretty sure I can succeed at this other thing? I mean, at least physically, which is 90% of, you know, Yeah, I mean, just, and uh, I knew if I wasn't going to go to college, I needed to do something that I, that I couldn't experience as a civilian. The last right. thing I would ever want to <laughs> do is go work some basic job and, you know, that'd make me just want to shoot myself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause those are, those are young years that you, that you can do. Those You've got it. Things. Right. Yeah. Which is why they get us young. Yeah, yeah absolutely. See that it, it's funny. You were talking about your football coach and uh, how he was telling you, you know, he, he was trying to give you the pros and cons and do that thing. I had an uncle and I don't, I don't, he never served in the military. Uh, okay. My dad was a black sheep of the family. Okay. All his family all lived out here. Like we, I, from Hazelwood, this was rich people. Yeah. Uh, he called me over one day and has never done that before in my life. I'm not, I was never close. I never had an uncle. I had one uncle at Passwood, but I never had uncles and shit who, who we would just go like hit balls together or something yeah. like, I just didn't have. So he calls me out to lunch one day after he hears that I have enlisted. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, I've, I've never really had too many conversations with this dude. I don't know him. Uh, and he sits me down and has this conversation with me about why a, uh, uh, he was he was trying to um, educate me on why being Marine infantry, um, you know, it, it, it basically that's only going to lead to, you know, law enforcement or, or something like that. What you want to do. He was a pilot for TWA back then. OK, so yeah. what you want to do is you want to go to the Air Force and be a pilot. And it's just like knowing him. He was like, and, and he played to the rich thing. I don't have a problem with people having money, but yeah. when they act like fucking assholes, like <laughs> he was like pink polo, collar popped and golf. Sh and, and like, that was just the exact opposite of anything I am or like wanted to be. So he did the same thing your coach did. He just did. He didn't know it either. Right. What he did was cemented that. Okay. So if I go to the air force and become a pilot, I might be a fucking jerk off like you someday. I'm out, you know, yeah. that's not where I'm from. That's not who I am. So I remember saying, thank you very much for lunch and everything. And, uh, but I, you know, in one way or another, I had made up my fucking mind and you made it worse for me because <laughs> it, it was this thing where I don't, uh, my son, anybody, I don't think that there's a way to talk people like out people like us out of doing something like that. If I wanted to be a fucking mail clerk, I could just be like, there's a reason. And they say we're not made, we're born. And I, I do believe a lot of that. But yes. there's a fucking reason why I think I'm dumb enough that I want to go do that. Not not educationally dumb, but like I like the I like the work 
part of it. That that sounds good to me. I don't want to study a book. I want to go do the work stuff. So he he uh, he lost that one. No, I, I think when people try to say that stuff, that especially from that angle, like, oh, you don't want to do that. It, what skills are you going to have when you get out of the, the infantry to, for the civilian world and everything else? And it's like different breeds of people. Yeah. Like, bro, that's not <laughs> – what you're saying is going to push me more to want to do it. Absolutely. It you want to find yourself uh, around those same type of people. You know, I mean, like, yeah, we all got there for one way or the other, but we all had the same mentality. And it's right. like those people end up finding each other. I'm a big believer in that, that, um, I mean, especially working in education and you kind of see the, the lunchroom and who Groups. sits with who. Yeah. yeah. And some people get really upset, like, oh, you're, you know, stereotyping people, but th it's there for a reason. Of course. You know, it just There's is. some truth to it. Yeah. And, I knew I wanted to be in the infantry, and there was not anything they were going to do to talk me out of doing the Marine Corps, for one, but then doing something else. Like, yeah. it wasn't yeah. like, oh, why don't you do this? You can, it can help you down the road. It's like, I'm not, I'm thinking of going in and serving and doing badass stuff and stuff that nobody else really wants to do. Right. The, the fact that I hear people going, oh, you don't want to do that. You're going to be a grunt. Longest boot camp. Yeah. It's, that's the reason we've wanted it. Yeah. You know, if, if I wanted something easy or I could go buy, you know, ride a bicycle for my my pft and stuff it's, it's whatever but you know that's and that's not the knock the air force hey, uh, i know dude they got, they got way if i didn't join the, the marines i'd join the air force that's way, my advice now way, way better like living way, living food food the 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 women that join the air force of course much better looking no job offense. placement outside yeah you know it's it's all great but that's not what we were going for no and i kind of wanted to go and i'm i think it's the same thing for all the guys like we're we're you know, going against the grain on that. Well, and hey, fucko, you know, you get to go play golf and, and do all these things with your nice cars and nice houses, rubbing it in my poor face all the time. But there had to be some people like that to make it so easy for you to, to be able to do, right? And, yeah. and it's not this whole, like, without us, you would, I'm not saying that, but there's got to be door kickers oh. and ground pound. I mean, it, it ha it's, it's, it's the way that this country does its, well, and it's how it's, it did, you know, hundred percent. And it's what the enemy truly fe like fears. Uh, dropping of bombs, all that stuff. We, we see it today, and what's going on. It, it'll work to a point, sure. But until you've got people that are willing to go door to door and kick people in the face, yeah, uh, it's not going to get it's not going to get done. So, and that's uh, you know, it's it, you could say it's a dying breed, but I think it's a a, a breed that finds each other. Yeah, for in the same type of areas you know of interest and things of that nature well the core has always been the smallest right yeah and it's like why so when you were making up your mind not you <clears throat> when when whoever was making up their mind what was it initially right so everybody can fucking agree that our dress blues are the best uniform yeah, there is there, there's yeah, it, i don't even think it's okay to, to to debate i don't care who you are like i'm pretty sure you know even the tier one dudes uh, come on um, so, so if it, so if we know that one's out, then the first big decision you have to make has got to be in your mind, how many weeks of this boot camp thing that I've been hearing and watching movies and fucking all this, how many weeks of that do I want to endure? Yeah. Right. So it's like the real assholes go for the long, harder one, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then, and then those other guys. So then I don't know. It's just, it's funny to me how, um, you chose you chose not to take 
the the what I think and believe truly the harder road. But then any chance it's the the crayon eaters in the jar, yeah. which I just fucking laugh because yeah. I'm like, you know, you're fucked up. You yeah. know? Well, yeah, there's a I'll tell you a story that was funny this summer going into I think it was probably around late July, maybe August, early August. And I was, you know, we ever been paintballing things. Is like this one. Yeah. Yeah. This is okay. before, before we went in. OK. And I had some other guys in my high school that were had enlisted and they were doing the uh, Army National Guard. Yeah. Which is fine. It, yeah, of course. Uh, but th- when they found out I was wanting to do the Marines, they were like laughing. I'm like, oh, you're going to be a bullet sponge, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, talking about how they're up at Columbia, you know, and it was really cool. They were cleaning M16s and people were walking by and seeing it and how cool all that was. Uh-huh. But they're like, it's a cakewalk. You don't have to do it. We would never really see any crazy fighting anyway. Flash forward, 03, we get back and I'm getting ready to go. We're getting ready to go on our second tour. I come home. And those guys are like shitting their pants because they're getting deployed now. Oh yeah! And they're like, dude, I, you know, we use hammers and and, and equipment and do that stuff. Like we don't. Do I can fill fights. water jugs like you don't yeah. even know. Yeah, and I, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm gonna go with a bunch of just cold blooded killers. The I don't baddest know dudes <laughs> yeah. on the planet. Like I don't know. That sucks to you know. I guess you can swing your hammer, but I'm going with some pipe hitters that yeah. want to do this. Yeah, and this is their craft. They take it yeah. serious as shit. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just kind of a funny mentality. It's like, yeah, well. I mean, I'm not going with guys that hammer nails. No offense. We need those guys. Absolutely. But it was kind of the way they were making fun of it earlier. Yeah. Like you were the idiot. And it's like, well, now we're going to get in a gunfight. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to be in it with gunfighters. Yeah. You well, know? you see, you thought you were taking the easy road, but yeah. it turned out that was the much more dangerous one than yeah. going. Yeah. Because you weren't there with guys and guys that weren't in it for school. Before. Yeah. I mean, it, if you join the military just for college funds or. I tell this all the time, like going to serve and to do awesome stuff like that stuff will come around. You'll get benefits. But if you join the Marine Infantry for college money, you're a dumbass. Yeah, that wasn't you get the same benefit for any other yeah. branch. Like why you're going to go do this because you want to fight enemies. And, you're, right. You know, you want you want to be that be the guy on the front line. If you were going for college, you should have listened to my pussy ass uncle. Yeah, he, he was yeah. giving good advice nice. for somebody like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because yeah. he was like, don't be like your father. Go do something good with your life. And I'm like, I fucking plan on it. Yeah, I'm doing this. And most guys in the you see it like guys in the, the Marine Corps infantry are not thinking long term. No, <laughs> this, I mean, it just doesn't. Fit. That's why we got there. Yes, exactly. That's how we ended up there. So nobody's going, oh, this is going to be great for my retirement. Yeah. I'm, that's just not how they're thinking. Yeah. They're living in the now, and they want to be part of something that's the best. Yeah, and that's what they're doing. I that's think it's just. I, I mean, I, of course, it's our birthday, and that's why. Uh, and I'm always pro Marine Corps, and I never bash any other branches. That's no. not my business. I don't give a fuck. But um, yeah, but so my mom. I don't know if I've ever told you the story. I know I've said it on here, but I was a little kid. Uh, she took me to a car show at McDonald's at 270 in Limburg. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a Marine in his dress blues and I asked her, what is that? And she told me and I hadn't, I never, I never made any other plans. So like, that's my little story. I never made another plan. I never thought Duke's lacrosse sounds great. I know, ne- you know what I mean? Like I, it just never, I, even, even being a knucklehead and shit in junior high and high school, it was like, I'm going to be able to straighten this up and and I did, I took personal fitness classes the last two years and, and kind of got myself into that thing. And it was just like, this will not change. This is, this is the only thing that I know that I want. Right. So at least I have that, because if I signed up for 
Flow Valley or something that I would go, I don't know what, what's your major. I don't even know what a fucking major is, yeah. you know? So like, I know, I knew that I wanted this one. So went and got it, you know? Yep. And, uh, all right. So when did you, so then if I left September 17th, 2001, okay. when I, did you go? I left October 8th. Yeah. So we were a month apart. Yep. So then that would make sense because I went back to MCRD, got cleared, went back up, met you guys. Yep. So we all go up to echo. Uh, for you guys that don't know, uh, school infantry is down the road. And then um, I, I think I've told the story uh, at the end of SOI. They say, you know, you guys are going here. You guys are going there. I think we went to 2-1 and 1-5 or something. 2-1. It was uh, the the buses. They were basically, you know, they, they're announcing where you're going after SOI. And it's they're not naming off these names and like Corno down yeah. the street. And it was like, oh, shit. Those were the guys like when we hiked through there, the, the people on the weekend were like chucking beer cans yeah. at us. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, the old salty Marines that were getting out. So we were just right down the road. But I was excited about that because it was it was great training in that area. And you're, I mean, you're in Southern California. So it's it's, it's always yeah. it's awesome. Do you did you ever hear any stories? OK, so we're all in SOI. How many of us are in SOI? 100, 200. I mean, there was a shitload of us. Yeah, a lot. There was a lot somebody it was always somebody's brother right or, or their uncle or somebody went down to horno and they don't allow women there it's the doghouse of camp pendleton it's oh, fucking wow. it's all dirty and fucked up what you don't want to do is go to horno yes, masters yeah. two one horno i'm like oh uh, fuck yeah. but again that 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 was uh more attractive to me than some anywhere else i don't yeah, know why you're, you're kind of in the heart of the infantry there yeah uh, i think and so and SOI is just right down the street, right. so you still got that going on. But yeah, it was all dudes. When the was, history uh, of first Marines and stuff yeah. like that just 100%. I don't know. It was really, uh, but yeah, no. So we it ends up we did have females like at the PX, but yeah, very it, rarely. It was very very much a male dominated, testosterone filled place. Yes. So we get there. Um, <clears throat> who did you go with at first? So I was with golf. Okay. Uh, golf company. All right. And it was a helo company. And that's where I first went. Okay. So then when does it, uh, I remember when an in doc, uh, I remember when they started running one, did you run one with Castro Castro from echo? Uh, I don't know if you ran that. I, well, look, the, the story that we got was because of what was going on, because we were going to start doing workups and CACs and all that shit. Yeah. You can go do this. But nobody's we're, we don't have enough to 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 like spread anybody out. Yeah, they didn't want you to go to it. For, they for, they needed they needed line platoons correct. like they needed us Big where time. we were. Yeah, they did. They did not uh, want you to go. And I was I was kind of told for Indox, it's like, well, you do that when you reenlist. And right. Try to go over there. It's not a PFC Lance Corporal correct. thing. Yeah. And they did not want to lose good guys. So basically, I get told no by the the the. Uh, I guess it would be the first sergeant of the company. Or so hold whatever. on one second. Somebody comes around and says, hey, is, was it stay platoon back then? Yeah. Do they was, still yeah. call it stay? Not any. Well, I don't think so anymore. No, it's all Scott snipers, but those are going away. Right. So, uh, it's a whole nother story. I want to go into that. So yeah. somebody comes around and says, hey, stay platoon's running a three day. Yeah. The, because the, at the, first, wasn't it like a three day thing just to see if you could even fucking handle that? Yeah. So they, they have a number of kids that are, I want to say this, they have a number of slots. We that were are kids. Open at, yeah, we were. And it was, uh, listen, we've got four slots to fill. So all these people may come out, but we're just going to uh, 
destroy tactically you. haze the shit out Fuck of you yeah. until there's no one left but who's gonna stand for this shit right. yeah and so we we at first i think i can't go so i'm in my uh, barracks room i'm eating it's a friday okay so there's a situation I'm, it's, I'm eating uh chips and salsa and playing some like call of duty video game on way back before it was all the crazy stuff yeah you're had. ready so <clears throat> all of a sudden my door gets kicked open and it's a guy who's a corporal uh cameron johnson he's from lexington kentucky he's a fireman there now and and what's awesome is this guy had no commitment to, to me or didn't have any have any loyal to me loyalty to me he was a corporal in the in infantry but he heard that i wanted to go and i was told no so when he was going through the process of the screening where they're just asking questions the lieutenant there ask is there anybody being denied an opportunity to take the indoc and he said yes i know of a this uh, place so he runs across horno kicks my door open he's like go get him yeah kicks my door open i was like you got to go up here they they want to talk to you now so i take off running up there uh go in and they bring you into the room and they're asking you all these basic questions and they're i mean they're pretty intense and they basically say, listen, you're able to take the NDOC. I don't care what anybody else said. Yeah. We have the authority that, that you can take yeah. it. Yeah. So essentially, come if you want to do this, here's the gear list that you have to have, and you're going to be back here Sunday night. So they're going to, because that's when it's going to start. So you had to make a ghillie suit, which was a total yeah. show, trying to put that together with very little you know, equipment and stuff like that. So a lot of people showed up. There was a ton of people there that Friday. But what was funny is by Saturday, it's their number because they thrash us for like two and a half hours Friday. I, I didn't know if it started yet. I was like, is this part of it? So with and a belly full of chips and salsa. Yeah, I'm just getting hammered. Like they're driving, they're running us all over the place. We can weed 30 of you out right now. Correct. And I was like <laughs> carrying <laughs> sandbags. Um, but they did that for a couple hours. And then essentially it was like, if this is what you want to do, be back on be back on Sunday night with your gear list. So I show up with Cameron and a bunch of other guys, and we start the indoc. And it is, it's it, at that point in time, it was different by every unit. Essentially, there were some basic skills that you would test, but really, what it came down to, in my opinion, and this is what we'd look for when we would do it, is how well can you suffer? Mm-hmm. You know, can you suffer through things? That's the job. Yeah, <clears throat> and and when it comes to doing tasks. Does this person look for the right way to do it and not negotiate that? Or is it the person that's going to look for the easiest way? Just the way. Yeah. Or a way. Yeah, a way. And say, hey, this is the easiest. This is the path of least resistance. Right. And those people, we would, that was like poison. Because we felt like if that was by your nature when it came time to do something, you would try to go the easy way. Can so, you give me one example of that? A quick one. Um, it, it, it could be of land nav, land nav, and picking the the Just, the, the right course, staying on the fire lane yeah. instead of cutting through when actually that would be quicker or something. Well, it, it, as if that was well, or more cover. It, it was more of when we were doing something. Did you take shortcuts so it wasn't done to the the right specifications, okay. <clears throat> or were you just because part of that is yeah, you take a shortcut if you're thinking smart, but if if they are actively looking to kind of shitbag it and not do it the way it's supposed to be done, especially the way they've instructed you to be. Well, yeah. Uh, They would get rid of them. But also, can you suffer? Can you run till you pass out? And, you know, will you, will you, I mean, 
does it come to you either drowning or fighting the instructor in the pool type thing? Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of really what they're looking for. And some people, man, they're really strong and they're they're jacked and they think they're going to do real good. And as soon as they're denied sleep and food for days, they just implode. It know? really it fucks you up. Yeah, I mean, they're just... It, it can. Yeah, it can. And it's all mind games with a lot of different things. Sure. Angles. And just seeing if you can, you know, suffer in silence and get through what you, you need to get done. You yeah. Know, the, the assignment, the mission, whatever. Uh, but of the guys that made it, it was five of us and then one guy went AWOL like two weeks later uh, and then of the of all the guys that in that group I'm the only one that passed sniper school wow so now part of that was once you get into the platoon and you're going to end doc and they're going to do some wild shit and I'll tell you this because I can now so during my, my end doc <laughs> yes this is stuff that enjoy folks this is okay this is an insane I didn't realize how crazy this was until I became uh, a sniper and a hog and ran indox. Right. So, and the platoon that we were in had a ton of guys with great experience. Yeah. I mean, they had combat actions already. They had, they ran, were so fucking yeah, cool. Looking. They were, yeah. They were, they were dudes. You know? Yeah. 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 And so we watched this, we were going through the indox a couple of days in and they show the movie Bravo two zero to us. And it's about British SAS in the first Gulf war, Gulf war. And essentially they have to do, they have to break contact and they're they're getting chased. Eventually, must a bunch of them get put in prisons and tortured and stuff. But it was basically what your job's supposed to do if you were caught. Yeah, as a prisoner. What are you gonna do? So we watched this movie and the whole time. I'm like, man, this is not a good. This is not going. This is set up. Yeah, yeah, like not. not <laughs> so that ends and they're like, your job is to build an observation post to report on the barracks for the next day and a half. Evolution. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we get up in there, and this is towards the end of the week. And we're reporting in the morning, and these guys are eating like pizza. You know, we haven't eaten much, so it's like you can just fucking dominoes. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, these guys are ridiculous. And but early the next morning, they sneak up on us and and nail us. So I I think it's kind of like role playing, right? Like I just watched this Bravo Two Zero, yeah. and I'm supposed to evade and and try to escape. So they put sandbag deals on our head mm -hmm. and i am i'm like all right i'm gonna struggle i'm getting out of here you know? yeah like, so i i get that thing off my head and then i get punched right in the face by rich rios who's yeah. a sniper who, who was a sniper instructor for a long time so yeah a legend and he smokes me and i'm like oh my god my i mean it was on the left side of my eye i thought you hand. guys couldn't hit me yeah like, I was like well, <laughs> you know this is wrong kind of real so my face is kind of puffy at this point i don't have a blouse on um they took my socks and shoes off my boots off the ones that I'd only had on right, for that whole time. And I had kind of like a, a little bit of a shave. I hadn't shaved in four or five days. Yeah. So they pull us into the barracks there, right right where H&S uh, barracks. Okay. So that's where the sniper platoons were. And they are waterboarding Cameron Johnson. Yeah. Okay. Now, people would shit themselves today, but that's what they were doing. You better be used to it if you're going to go in that kind of a job. Yeah. Or at least yeah. understand what it's like. And they were trying – they brought me down to – like there was a, a walkway down right by the, the main office there that was underground, like a little basement, and they were pepper spraying us. Yeah. So pretty miserable. And I can hear uh, Cameron getting. Uh, uh, it's not waterboarding. It's treatment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, the trick is, is you show them a five gallon bucket, but you only use canteen. Oh, once you fuck. Them, it's so got to be I mean, miserable. So they're, they're in their mind, they think it's the. the of course. Yeah, but 
So I get set up. I'm I'm zip tied behind my hands. No shoes or no boots, no socks on. I got my cami bottoms, my green top, like not my blouse, but my t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. These assholes take my socks and tie them together and blindfold me with my socks that I've had on my feet for four or five years. Great. So I'm leaned up by one of the pillars, and this guy, uh, Sergeant Sugars, Dan Sugars, goes to help out with Cameron, and he tells me to stay there. So I'm like, I'm not you, there. You told so, me evade. Yeah, so I, I take my head, and I uh, rub it up on this concrete wall. Yeah. I get so I can see. Yeah. So now they're hanging down by my neck. Yeah. I can still smell how bad those are. Oh, are. sure. And I take off. Wait a minute. Your feet are zip-tied, no? No, no. My, my oh, feet just are just my hands okay. behind my back. Oh, they so, fucked up on yeah, that one. Yeah, they should have. Yeah. So I take off. like I mean, and they see me take off and like lose their shit. And I'm running so fast. If I would have fallen oh. down, I'd have busted my face. New open. teeth. Yes, yeah, it would have been bad. And I go to the, the barracks just next door, go in to the laundry room. There's a Navy corpsman in there doing laundry. And there's a trash can. Uh, behind the the door the door's yeah. kind of shut right i jump over that and stay there and these dudes are running by looking for me. are you in the trash can no i'm like on the other side of oh okay it, okay know, like tucked in on the door zip tied everything once again if i would have tripped going over the basket oh you're fucked yeah and so this, this damn navy corpsman is like doing laundry going like what the don't hell say is a word yeah, yeah like and i go don't tell them i'm here you know and they're running by looking for me now at, at this point they're getting real loud and like pissed that they don't know where I'm at. Yeah, it's not a good look, I guess. So, but I'm d- I'm dumb enough and so young in the Marine Corps. I'm like, well, this is what it's supposed to be like. This is actual training. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I am. Hey, jokes on them. I'm gonna get a nap, you know. And I thought about going back to this is how boot I was. I was like, I might just run down to to golf company and sleep in my own rack for a little. Yeah, bit. Mikey, let me in, man. Could you imagine some private zip tied <laughs> with the, now my eye is swollen. Running past the armory yeah. barefoot, yeah. like, hey, I'm going to go. You know, I escaped being tortured. For, I'm going to joke yeah. on them. So I, f- I sleep for an, about an hour and a half. And behind I, this door behind in this the door. laundry room. Yeah, and he cuts my zip ties. The uh, corpsman. Yeah, he, cu- he cuts them. Oh, that was solid. Yeah, and so I can only imagine what's going through this guy's oh, mind. Oh, fuck, like, what yeah. What the hell? And so I start to come back, and uh, one of the seniors who's retired now, he's a legend. I, I don't want to incriminate him. Don't. But he came. He came up to me, and he was fairly pissed off because they were scared shitless. They're like, "We lost a pig in an indoc, and he's blindfolded and zip tied." Yeah, they are responsible for yes. you still. So this would be like career killer, you know, for them. They don't know if I'm standing in front of the CP, and they're asking uh, Cameron at the time, "Hey, is this guy okay? Is he going to tell on us?" And right, he, right, he's right. Just laughing. He's like, "No, he's going to be fine." So I come back, and they are. Wait a minute. So okay, hold on. I just want to do timeline. So you yeah. take you take you get a nap for say an hour. Yeah, about an hour. So you yeah. you zip tied hands behind your back still go yeah. walking back to well, where they, this whole at at that point the corpsman had cut. Oh oh okay tied. sorry so, yeah. I'm, so now you go I'm walking back, back over to where the torture was. Yes. To where the the training was happening. Yes. Because there's I could tell after a while they were yelling and like their tone in their voice was not. It was more like dude, it's okay. We need you to for yeah. real. Yeah, for real. Come on, you know and. Uh, part of the time I was like, oh, you know, they're bastards. fucking with me. Yeah, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I, I saw zero, like, Bravo 2 Zero. I, we just watched it. Yeah. So I get up there uh, on the second deck, and uh, the staff sergeant's time is livid. And he's like, why the hell did you run? And behind him was a guy, Craig Wheeler, who now is an officer in the Navy, awesome guy, one of my mentors, but went on to be a recon sniper and all that stuff. He, uh, beast. Yeah, he's a stud dude. He was kind of laughing. He's from Oklahoma, and, uh, 
he was sitting behind him, and I'm like, because that's what you told us in the video. Like, you guys told us we should run. Yeah. And I can see <clears> we were trying, <throat> like, kind of laughing. And then other people come up, and they're, they're like, get your ass to the hog's den, you know, and where the fish is, like, in the middle. And all the other guys were in there, and they're eating MREs. They're feeding them. So they're... <laughs> And they're kind of laughing because here comes my ass back in. This is fun, right, yeah, guys? Yeah. We're cool. We're cool. And so they all sat in the hogs den. And we were outside it, uh, like in the, outside that room, um, and uh, eating, <laughs> eating our stuff. And they're all like, "Thank God," because they stopped torturing them. Yeah, you know, they're like, "Shit, we lost one." I can remember the one the staff sergeant showed up like midway through it and was like, they were telling him, "Hey, we lost place." Oh no! You know, we lost the fig and an indoc, and he's like, "I'm going home. I'm not. I'm not." Going to jail or going to the bridge yeah. for this, so he just like takes off. Oh fuck! And I'll hear my dumb ass comes back, and they're kind of all relieved. <laughs> they took us out to the ocean and thrashed us in our ghillie suits for a couple hours, and then that was like the end of it. Wow! So it was like it lasted like a week, but it was basically me running off and them all being like emotionally exhausted because yeah. they thought their careers were over. And uh, so you so, took one for the rest of the guys, kind yeah. of. Yeah. So so now the the it ends and you're in a sniper platoon. Well. My team leader at the time was that advanced sniper, uh, Aaron Brandfast. The dude's awesome. Mm -hmm. Great guy. Uh, great. You know, I was very lucky to have him as a team leader, you know, him and, and Craig Wheeler as the ATL to, to help train me and, and everything else. But he was an advanced sniper. And he came back. And uh, so I got in his team and got my teeth kicked in for a while. Uh, because at that point, you are now a pig, and a pig stands for professional instructed gunman. Okay. And the snipers that have graduated school are hogs, mm -hmm. hunters of gunmen. Mm -hmm. So you basically get assigned to a team, and mine was Bramfast. So I had a, a great team of knowledge, but I was just the, the whipping boy for a while. But I learned a ton. Those guys, as much as they would hammer us, and they would, uh, they would educate us on our craft. I mean, they were very professional in that aspect, but they would also, you know, Two o'clock in the morning, we're going to run towards uh, San Mateo and build a, a, a sniper hide. I'll let you know when we get there. Yeah. Just just for now, run just that way. Off. Yeah. I mean, so where <clears> you're <throat> just like, oh, man, I'm going to, this is this is pretty horrible. But they taught you how to suffer and uh, still function. And, but that was kind of my, my beginning into a sniper wow. platoon. So, so you, you, there, a lot happened in that first, but so. Yeah. It was obvious what was going to be happening, right? I mean, like, it, I can't say obvious, but we, we all knew, I guess I could just imagine you guys even more than us. But as a, as a country, as a Marine Corps, as a military <clears throat> uh, in general, we all knew. So I don't, I, don't, I don't see, I don't imagine that they would have treated the indoc the training i don't imagine they would have treated it any differently they've been doing this for a long time this is what they expect they fucking need but wasn't it beneficial for you now knowing especially after everything absolutely i i was extremely blessed to be with one an older group that had experience yeah and had such pride and and, and passion for the community so they didn't want any bad eggs getting in no it's and sacred. It, it really hit me on my second deployment when I was a team leader because my first deployment was for the invasion, and but and it was still stressful. But I I would not have been able to be uh, prepared to be a team leader if I wouldn't have been with those guys, of course, because they were so <clears> tough <throat> on us. And I I worry at times in the Marine Corps that yes, we got to get better at teaching, 
but they're taking away things that are making it. That hard shit is so yeah, important. There has to be suffering, in my opinion. In of my course. Opinion. And, and that's not popular. I know that's not popular with the, the zeros. Uh, they're, well, they're worried about hazing and all these other things. But you've got to understand what we're trying to produce. We're trying to produce killers, guys that are efficient at killing other human beings and understanding how to, to take that on and deal with it. This is not, you know, playtime or anything else. We're going to be... Or Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, they're giving us guns, firearms, (coughs) we're getting proficient in it. Everything we are doing is to make us more efficient at killing enemies of the United States. And I feel like that gets lost too much. It's, well, we're going to teach you how to shoot the enemy. It's like, no, we're going to teach you how to kill another human being. Yeah, yeah. And until you understand that psychologically, I think it can cause problems when people aren't prepared for that. Sure. And they think it's, oh, it's just an enemy. It's a silhouette. It's like, no, it's another human being. We yeah. need to understand, you know, in detail what that is and, yeah. and understand what we're doing. Um, that way you're not, you don't get caught up in the moment. You have the, you know, you have the mindset, you have the marksmanship. Right. And you have the mentality <clears throat> to be able to, to, to go be successful. In yeah. Well, and, and come back. And come back. Yeah. And people don't, I don't think they understand. They'll say, well, that's pretty radical. It's like, well. What is war? Yeah, if it, not it, fucking radical. radical. Yeah, like, do you realize what we're? <laughs> they would, people would shit themselves if they really knew what was going on. Yeah, like they would have no, like, no idea. Yeah, it, it's and to me, I think that's something that gets lost. And our, our definition of radical, our definition of uh, killer, our definition of winning war, is so watered down i I say this it's gonna make it's um it's so the our bar is so much lower if you look at like just insane measures of of what human beings are willing to do to like these these those guys over there are you know well you say whatever you want about their training but they're willing to go to some fucking places that if if you think what we're doing is like wrong or too much or not emotionally uh, responsible, you have to, I mean, you have got to fucking look at what we're dealing with on the other end of that rifle. Yes. We just saw it cutting children's. I mean, like you, these are, these are, these aren't people to me, um, but they, they all need to be at the other end of. Well, and I don't think you recover from people talking about going to war. We have codes and, and honor and things of, of that course. nature. But, you know, for the people that did that, uh, you know, Hamas that went in and, and, and killed innocent women and children and, and mutilated and did those types of things, the, people got to understand they're never going to recover from that. It's not like those people are ever going to come back to society and be normal. Again. All right. We got we, roses again, guys. Yes, We're doing yeah. okay. Yeah. We won the war. No. And now I'm gonna go home. No, it doesn't. And people got to understand <clears> I treat it like. When human beings can no longer compromise, and there's no compromise, which is what we're able to do, mm-hmm. then there's going to be conflict. Yeah. So my interpretation of that is when we can't compromise anymore and it's going to go to conflict, now we've got to, we're going to go into fighting. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? So at that point, we're animals. That's how we're going to, that's how we're going to do this. That's and I, I view them as animals that got to get put down. Yeah. Just no, no different than if a dog. They're fucking up did, the herd. Correct, and there are people here that think it's a misunderstanding. 
or they just can't wrap their head around the, the reality of what human beings are capable of doing to each other. Right. And I, it really shocks them. I don't think people can eat. They just can't handle it. No. They don't understand it. <clears throat> Part of that is we live in a country where nobody's really hurting for food. People that live at the the poverty level here in the United States are still probably in the one percent of the whole world. Yeah, and they, you've never been hungry, correct? Like our generation, we see homeless people; they're heavy, they're overweight, and they have a puppy on the side of the road. Yeah, you know, it's like an iPhone fourteen correct. Pro. <laughs> they're it's not like, what the fuck? Yeah, they're it's just a different world, and over there, I, I get the situation, and you know, from the standpoint of they may not have a future for certain jobs but at some point <clears throat> that population is going to have to buck up and fix it and do it themselves yeah you know it's, it's really annoying seeing a lot of that type of stuff and for example hamas what did you think the long-term plan was going to be when you went into israel and murdered women and children by the way they power your your electric grid right. and your water did you think they were not going to do something yeah at that point and yeah what's the end state and of course, there's people here going crazy because we're starting, and yeah, things are going to get ugly. Yeah, I, dude, I'm going to tell you the truth. I am so blissfully ignorant. Like I learn about. You can hear echoes, nail scraping on the floor above us. <laughs> I, I hear about what's going on in the world from like work, and you know, but it, it's like Ethan. I, <clears throat> I just it takes so much mental energy, and then and then when I'm hearing people that. They they have an opinion. What's up? They have an opinion, and then and then and, and it's not necessarily have you been to war and seen the things that people can do. Hey, buddy, Echo came down to make his appearance, folks. Um, seen what people can do, but it's like, I think if you were ever put into a situation like that, your fucking opinions and your whatever else might take a backseat to like reality a little bit. You know, a hundred percent. And and people nowadays have. Proud of the problem is they have access to endless amounts of information, but we don't know really what's true and what's not. Right. And most people don't even understand the, the situation in that region, how complex it is. And the history. And the history there that goes back a couple thousand years. Yeah. It's not going to be an easy fix. And well, this personally, I would like us to stay the hell out of it. Yeah. You know, I, this I didn't just start. No. And, and that's, this, that's this religion and thing, the, the, the Sunnis and, and Shiite. This has been. The, and most people don't even understand that. Sunnis and Shiite and. and how that's all wrapped into this. It's a, it's a, it's it's a a tangled web. Yes. Wow. Very complex. You said the word capable earlier. Oh, just a minute ago. When I was talking to Connie at, uh, at that tumbling practice, uh, it was for like weeks. Right. So once we found that common ground being you, it, it, she was just like my buddy, her and her husband, We, we were just buds, you know? Um, and, and I forgot how it came up, but one time it was like, uh, I, I think I asked her, I am just going to say it. You have always, um, it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's really important and meaningful for me to know somebody like you and what you did. So I, you're just always uh, a, a fucking hero to me. But um, I had to ask her like what you were like as a kid because she'd known you your whole life. Yeah, you know? she'd known me for yeah, a long time. You're obviously capable now. We've learned um, of of some fucking hard work, even some what some might call hazing. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> um, you're you're capable of that. You're you're an athlete through high school. You you know you can do pushups. It's not all that shit. You've you've okay. So now they know it's just like boot camp. We know that place or masters. We're not going to get him on the physical stuff. He's got this pretty much. So yeah, you know you're capable of doing that. And I think we all know. Well, we should know that human beings are capable of doing things. You, you, maybe it's the mom who lifts the car off the bed. I mean, right. we're, we're fucking capable creatures. Yes. How, how are you certain or when do you find out or how do you find out or like, how does it, how does it come across? Is it the same story for the rest of the grunts knowing that you're capable to fire that rifle? Like, is that, I don't want to go too far into this, but I, no, I just I, I, see, I know what you're, I feel like I know what you're saying is how do, how do you know if you are capable of doing it? Yeah. I guess until, you know. Yeah, I, I think part of it is there's a book called On Killing and it's by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. It's a good book. And he talks about how some of us are born with the genetically to be able to to do those things. Mm -hmm. OK. So, and there's a reason when you look at a lot of people that have served, there's a lot of history and people that serve and those type of things. <clears throat> I think a lot of it is uh, you have to be honest with yourself and what you're doing. And I think the Marine Corps does that because they are radical about how they teach it, right. which needs to be done. Yeah. And we're not shooting at basic targets yeah. and things like that. But as you get close to Marines, it, where it becomes easy for me is that dude's trying to kill Marines. Like if I've got, I've got to pick a side. I already know the side. Easy. And at that point, it's it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, now, there are people that have frozen up. Yeah. And we historically, we know that on battlefields. For of course. example, if you go back to Civil War battlefields, they'll have rifles that were just loaded over and over again because people, human beings, don't naturally want to kill. No. So you got to train them to do that. And I think the training we had was very good in doing that and getting us to, to pull the trigger. Sure. But I... I never really, I never had a doubt uh, I, I, that I would do what was necessary. Now, I didn't, it's not like a bloodthirsty thing. Of course you're not. going out there, but <clears throat> it is, you're protecting Marines. Yeah. And, and the moment you see a Marine get hit and get yeah. fucked up and you, and you hear them screaming and stuff like that, then it becomes very easy of to course. kill the enemy. So yeah. I, th I think that's part of it as, as well as you're trying to protect the pack. Yeah. You know? And listen, the infantry guys are the heroes. They're the guys going in and kicking doors down and stuff like that. When I went to a sniper platoon, my job was to make sure that we gave them overwatch and protected them and killed anything that was going to cause harm to them. Yeah. And I really do think you you have to self-reflect on what you're going to get ready to do. And yeah. I, I think that just comes down to preparation. But I also think there's genetics in there sure. you know, to, for that to happen, and, and especially genetics for it to happen, and then you be able to go back to society and not be, yeah, you know, just completely that switch. You can't switch it off. Yeah. So, well, you know. I think I asked that because uh, for you guys listening, what would happen? Um, I remember this. I, I love this story. I love to tell it, but. Um, in Nazare, fuck, it could have been any one of the places yeah, we right. sat in the defense. But <clears throat> for for us guys, uh, for the ground guys, and Ethan's definitely a ground guy, but you'll you understand what I'm saying. 
uh, we would either dig in or we would have a defensive position, right? So what Ethan and his guys did were they would find some overwatch up high or, or they would get a good vantage point. Is that, am I saying it? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, to where it's so, so, but what would happen anyways, um, every hour or whatever, we would figure out our fire watch. You would have to call in and do a radio check with Reaper two one. Yeah. And I, it was funny one night and I don't know who it was obviously, cause you don't ask those type of things on a radio, but, uh, I did a I did a radio check with Reaper Two One. He was like, "Yeah, hey, just to let you know that cigarette smells great from up here, man. I need one." And I was like, "Fuck, you know." And so <laughs> it was like it was that eerie, but so comfortable. It was like when you're a kid and your fucking dad is standing there next to you. You you do not feel fear at all because I fucking know who's up there. But it was the it was the 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 best part to the story to me was like. They could be fucking anywhere. I have no clue who that guy is I'm talking to, but he is watching me smoke a cigarette, see me jerk off if I fuck around and do it. it, it they can see everything, and you're just down there, but there is this sense of the guardian angel. Th- there is this yeah. sense of peace come over me, like I'm going to know way before, if I don't see the guy coming because there's a hill, or yeah. I'm going to know way before because I got these motherfuckers up there and this is what they do. Yes, and that is like a driving part of what we do. It's like, listen, we're going to, you know, make sure everything's all right. You go. I'm just going to take a drop. No problem. Yeah, the sun's starting to set. Yeah, it's, and that's something we pride ourselves on. You know, we want to be able to make sure that you guys feel like you are, you have somebody watching your back the whole time and we're not coming off those, you know, off those positions until it's safe to do so. Yeah. And that was, that was something that carried over in Fallujah. We were always up on those rooftops. And I, I look back, you know, people talk about the amount of mortar rounds and, and rockets and RPGs they shot, but we never thought twice about getting off the rooftop. No. Ever. I mean, it wasn't even something that came into our mind uh, until we, we get back years later and they're like, oh, that was badass. You guys stayed up there. It's like, that wasn't even an option to come yeah. off. Not that we were ordered to, to be ordered to stay up there. That was, that's what we do. Yeah. You know, so it is a trip how, how willing you are. Uh, it's a trip. It, w- it was always a trippy feeling to me how much. I didn't matter to me as yeah. much as those guys mattered to me. Yes, yeah, I like, agree. Like, and and you know how it is, man. Your buddies here and stuff, they're your fucking buddies since second grade, and that, that'll, that'll, like, never change. But um, that feeling of, like, stepping in front of your bro, it, it's like it it is a real thing. And, and it was always really, like, I don't know, man. I really want to go home. But then, like, when it comes down to it, it's like I, I would – I'll take it, you know? Because it's almost like you couldn't live with yourself if you didn't do it. And oh. I felt like, and I feel a lot of people felt this, like this is what we were born to do. Yeah. Time. But we're here for a reason. Yeah. And you, you're you so fully engaged and all in with everybody. And that's one of the things that really, to me, makes the Marine Corps beautiful from that standpoint is you have guys from all over the, the, the you know, all over the country yeah. that had Really, the only thing in common they have is they want to serve their country and be in the Marine Corps. Sure. Different religions, different music, different everything. everything. And as that, that workup goes and, and more becomes real, man, I was blessed to be in, in a unit that I felt like everybody was fighting their asses off for the other guy. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it was anything you could do to take care of, of Marines and do 
he was what was expected. Yeah. And yeah. you look back at that, and you said it perfect. It's he become very okay with you dying. Yeah. And, and maybe not dying, but sacrificing yourself for the cause or right. for your group. Right. That just becomes very eerie how, when you look back on it, it, it meant you, know, you didn't yeah. really think much about it. Now, if you got time to back away from it, yeah, you'd think about home and those type of things. Sure. But when you were with those guys and you're in those moments, it's, it's what being a Marine's all about. Yeah. And I, I, maybe you can help me with a problem. It's not a problem. It's just that um, I find it difficult he, out here, and, and this is 20 years ago. I didn't just get home. Yeah. But I find it difficult. Like, I think my expectations are so high to the civilian people that I meet because I have experienced we have experienced what it's like for someone to like, when they say they're going to be there, they're there. When they say they're going to do something, they're going to fucking do it. And it's like, and I I think I should separate this, especially after all these years. But um, like I was talking about you guys being on, on overhead, like that sense of knowing that regardless of what, what I got going on, Gomez is going to stand up and he's going to grab all of my shit and me and fire and feed me and get me, you know what I mean? Like he, it's all just taken care of because he knows I do the same. I mean, I couldn't pick that motherfucker up as easy, but (laughs) you know, um, so I, I have a lot of trouble still and I, it might be a fault of my own. Help me with that one because like, should I, adjust my expectations i think the answer is probably yes but i don't want it to be no and i understand what you're saying when you're in everybody has extreme ownership of what their job is Mm -hmm. and i kind of i break it down like this when i when you're in the marine corps i don't care where you go it it seems like the person whatever mos they are experts in that mos you know they're proud of it if this is what we do yeah and they are the expert of what they're supposed to know and you get out in the civilian world and everybody's too good for any little thing so all their jobs, they treat it like they're too good for it, and nobody knows shit. Nobody's, hey, uh, do you even understand what your job is here? And they kind of know it, but not really. It's not a big deal because they think they're moving on to this next job. Yeah. And that comes over. That's also in their personality where it's, hey, if you're going to, you know, if we need somebody, that's like you said, say you're going to do something to come through. And if they didn't, it'd be like, oh, shit, something's wrong. Something yeah. happened. Something big time happened. I think that's what really led me to coaching football and getting on football staffs because the expectation is extremely high of those guys and the accountability and you are in like a team setting and people are working all all for the same goal. So that really helped me. Well, and your expectations are high too. They expect a lot out of you too. Yeah, absolutely. So you're able to return that thing. Yeah. And they they understand my commitment is full in, like I'm all in. Otherwise they don't think they would, they would be that way. Yeah. Your wife doesn't see you for months when football, you know, so that aspect of it, but yeah, it is a, it is a struggle. I think for all of us, we come back and it's, we were in a radical group. I say radical in a good way. Yeah, of course. But we're used to that radical commitment. And this is say we're all in on the same page and guess what? My feelings don't matter. We're just going to get this thing done. Yeah. And then you get out and it's, that's not the case. And so many other people are just, they're looking out for themselves. Right. Only. And I, you know, I find myself, I'm good with having a smaller circle as long as it's the right circle. Very much. You know, well in the, in the, it's not my job or the, remember how, um, when, when there would be, this is what we got to do today. 
and you stand up and volunteer for the first one and you, it might not be the best job, but the last guy sitting there who hasn't volunteered for anything, you're going to go fucking pick up cigarette butts on all of Camp Horno, <laughs> not just Echo, yeah. all, you know, and it's yeah. like the, the, it's not my job thing that I fucking, when, when I hear someone say that, I'm like, ah, uh, you work at Walmart, you work yeah. wherever. It's all your job. It's all, well, and there's gray area in everything. I think the, our my, my DI would say this, and I, I loved it. It was anytime you ask him about his job, and he was a grunt. He was in Somalia and, and talked very little about it, but towards the end of boot camp. Yeah. And people ask him, you know, what, what was that job like? He's like, it's the best job I've ever had. Yeah. And that mentality. And I think if young people, especially, and I have to make us sound old, but young are people our age, if they sure. attack jobs, like this is the best job I've ever had. I don't care if it's mopping up a floor. I don't care what it is. Just I'm going to be the best, you know, I'm gonna, I'll be the best janitor, goddamn it, in the world. Yeah. I'm going to attack this this way. If you set that mentality, then it's just a habit, and that becomes who you are in anything you do. Absolutely. And you can move up quickly. But if you always have this mentality of this is just a stepping stone or I'm not really going to be committed here, like you build that habit, and then that becomes who you are. Sure. And I think that's something that that's – I know I've struggled with with people uh, and kind of avoided, but – there's you can say it's not my job for a million things. It's yeah. Like, hey, listen, getting work done and, and making this whatever it is run smoothly is your job. So I and in education, man, I've had <laughs> so many things that you could say aren't in the context of what my contract is. Of but course. It's just part of it. Yeah. You know, it, well, and even if it is a stepping stone, make that the best stepping stone that right. anyone's ever like, dude, when that dude was stocking shelves. Every label was faced out. There was yeah. no gaps. You know. Well, and that builds who who you are. When people ask, they're like, "Jesus, this guy. All I know is he works his ass off. He's committed. You can." Count I didn't on even him. tell him to do that. Yeah. He just did it. He found and work. You're like, okay. Yeah. Go you know. find find work to. And I I think that's you know part of that is a societal thing and. But human beings are naturally lazy. I think it's just they look for the 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 least resistance and and that's fine for some people, but I. I just it 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 doesn't it work for me. me. Yeah, it, it kind yeah. of hammers, you know. <clears throat> and I'm guilty of focusing on certain aspects of my life. My wife would t- say this, and trying to be radically great at that part, oh, and yeah. just not give a shit about anything I'm else. With you, and it, I know that frustrates her. You yeah, know, to, to no end. But I think that's why we went to that profession too. It kind of fit our mentality: is this is our world, and let's be the best we could ever be at this. Yeah. And everything else can kind of take a back seat. seat. Yeah. Well, and when we talked about it earlier, um, you know, the old school way of doing things and, and, and we, we have to change, you know, we know more, uh, these days about mental health. I I understand all of that, but, but there's something to the old school way of parenting of of training snipers, training Marines. You know, I, I hear this thing about a stress card in boot camp. I, if it is true, I don't want to know about it. And I'll yeah. always say it isn't because it, it is. But like sometimes, oftentimes, I think things need to be that way in order to produce a good uh, like product. Oh, so, I, I 100% agree. It's and like I, the easier we make. If, if you if you wanted to be nice and protect all your football players, look, yeah. guys, if you're hot, just take a seat and get some water. Don't worry about it. You guys wouldn't want to stay championships and all other yeah. shit you've done. Well, it, here, here's the the thing I, I believe in and mental health, obviously is something we've learned a lot about. Of course I'm not downplaying, you know, having said that, and this is coming from an, from education and, and looking at it. One of the problems I see with education is 
we don't let kids fail enough. Where there's always some type of it would become a professional excuse maker. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, Bobby's home life is this and that, and I understand that. But at some point, they have to get uncomfortable, and they have to deal with it. We have these safe places and all this other crazy, just in my opinion, bullshit. And we coddle these, we coddle kids, and I, I believe that's a direct connection to the major issue uh, with mental health in the country is we haven't gotten stronger mentally. And been able to fail and, and recover from that. We just constantly don't want people to get uncomfortable. Yeah. And you can't grow that way. No. You, you grow when you're kind of uncomfortable and you, you, there's chaos. And uh, I think Jordan Peterson, somebody that I really follow, and mm-hmm. he talks about this as well. But same thing with disciplining kids. And, and here's something, too, when it comes to parents. Listen, everybody has their way to discipline their kids. I will tell you this. I grew up, I got spanked. Um, and I, I will spank my daughter at times. What bothers me is so many people won't do that, and 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 I don't care if they don't want to do it, if they have other ways to get around it, but when they say, well, spanking never works, um, you know, it actually causes more problems. Bullshit. I disagree. You know, bullshit. And I, once again, what's preference? We're not talking about beating a I kid hear you. or anything uh, Absolutely. Like that. But I can tell the way kids walk down the damn hallway at school if they've been spanked or not growing up really just their, their mannerisms what they're willing to say yeah. to an adult or yeah a teacher, yeah yeah and they're, they're not being that you know a lot of times there's a loss of a male figure sure in the family but with school has not helped with hey let's bail them out of every time they get in trouble or every no. time they get in, you know they can retake a test they get extended not extended because there's kids that have learning disabilities but there's also people that take advantage of that, and it started to become a major issue, in my opinion. I think if you talked with other educators and teachers, they would say this across the board. Uh, yeah. But it it is something where you need discipline. It needs to be hard. Yeah. For you to get better. Yeah. If, if it's just easy, if you got a coach that never pushed you or never really tried to push you to your limit, then he failed what he was doing for you early on. Yeah. Early on, and I just there's a fine line there, but everybody has this very convenient way of saying well we have new ways to do it but it, that also makes it to where there's less accountability on the the person in charge to enforce rules because it it makes them uncomfortable i mean i i love my wife and my my in-laws and everything but they'll say the reason they don't want to spank our daughter is because it makes them feel horrible mm-hmm. well then that's about you yeah you know and it does i don't enjoy that no but, but i know that it changes behavior of course you know and it can't be the only thing but <clears throat> I think that's something we've got to really kind of get right in education with these kids coming up and saying, listen, it's okay to fail. It's okay to have a, a tough day. Uh, you know, we, here are ways to recover from it, but just going in and sit in a room and escaping it and never dealing with yeah. it doesn't help. And that's why we get kids that are in high school that they really can't handle any type of conflict. Adversity. Yeah. yeah. Adversity. It's yeah. just, it's a crushing <clears throat> blow. And that's, you need it. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I love football. You know, it's one of those things where guys, your, your best may not be good enough. Yeah. You know, and that's life. Yeah. You learn from it, make it an experience and move forward. But too often people shy away from that. Yeah. I went through kind of a bitchy thing not long ago. Um, I, I just got to the point as a parent and it was like, I, I, my uh what whatever angle i was taking at parenting my my recipe it just didn't seem to be working out now again i was being bitchy and having my own shit going on so i told i'm like fuck it you guys just whatever you know um 
my kids have two homes, so uh, and things are very different in, in home. Um, gotcha. <clears throat> but uh, I'm like, you know, you just do whatever. And so it, it only lasted for like a day and a half because I'm fucking not gonna ride like that. But my youngest came up and she was upset that I was giving her that much. And and I said, so wait a minute, you 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 don't like it when I get upset because you didn't do your homework or you were talking back or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then now you don't want me to just let you do it. She was like, dad, I would much rather you be strict in the way that you are than yeah. not. Because it shows you care. It, like, you know, uh, I mean, they, they understand. I think kids want that. I, uh, I know I know, did. Yeah, I mean, I was able to run free and do whatever as a kid, single mom. Like I didn't have uh, my leash was cut. And so it, it did not. Okay, all these years later, I came back on top, and and for me, I'm successful. Whatever that yeah. means to everyone else, I'm yeah. successful for me. But you're you're talking years of drug addiction and and mental. You know, what I mean, like going yeah. through all kinds of stuff that, you know, if my dad was around and and his motorcycle club wasn't more important. You know, what I mean, yeah. like there there are a lot of different things, but. You know, it's like it's like raising a puppy. They need structure and discipline, or else when you walk in the door with my eighty-six pound Doberman, he's a fucking nightmare. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, it, I think it's and there's always that fine line of yeah. I think it's always a challenge, but they want discipline. In I family. I have to agree. And they, I mean, it's it's fundamental for humans, though. Correct. You can't yes. just run wild. You no. fucking go die. Yes, and it, you will self-destruct. I mean, it, yeah, you, you've got to have discipline. You got to have it uh, routine. It is not always easy shit. There's times I have my daughter, and I'm like, God, I don't really want to oh. take on this right oh. now. And it's like, yeah, we're gonna. And uh, with football too. I mean, I, there was times in my career where I've got to points where I was like, you know, I don't care about that. And then it came back to bite us, and was like, God dang it! Like, yeah, we got to stay on top of these things, and they got to know why. To yeah, do this. But they'll respect it after it's all said and done. Right. I mean, if it's all in a reason that's going to help protect them, and I think that's what they get confused on. We're doing this to protect you, to make you a better human being. Yeah. Not to torture you or any of those other right. stuff. And it's not just about football in your sophomore year. Correct. Yeah. You know, this is this is long-term Term. shit. Absolutely. That's probably one of my biggest emotional, is, is especially with parents, because they get out of their damn mind with, with sports. Like, it's, 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 it's I hate crazy. it. It's crazy. And because they'll, they'll they'll be talking about oh I'm trying to get him into college for football and get him a football scholarship it's like your kid has a two eight maybe you should kick his butt as hard about grades you yeah know, that so he can open doors yeah uh, opportunities but yeah it's <clears throat> it's definitely when when they're doing something I'm like man you're creating a bad habit yep and this is gonna come get you when you're like 21 22 it's yeah. gonna bite you in the ass and you're gonna be six years committed to this now and it's gonna be very difficult to yeah. break. And so when I do see them doing those types of things, it, it really, that's where I kind of start flipping it's my tough. switch a little bit. Cause yeah. it's, it's like, listen, man, this isn't about football right now. This is about you, you and, and that the, you're running away from adversity and you're not able to come see me face to face Yeah, for something like you need to get past that. Yeah. And I know it can be intimidating for them. Like, Hey, their coach is a former Marine and blah, blah. But your boss is going to be that way. You got to be able to come up and have uncomfortable conversations and get used to that. Of course. And so from from that perspective, when it comes to coaching, those are some of the things that really can really uh, kind of set me off. Well, and it's like those those male figures and female figures in your life growing up that would tell you stuff, and then now we're in our forties. I'm still in my late twenties, but um, now <laughs> that now that we're in our forties, you're like are so right oh, you know like yeah. damn i really wanted them to be wrong on oh, yeah. that one but i'm i'm glad um 
All right, I, I know you got to get going. Can you give me us the audience not a not um some kind of you know long shot story, but you got you got a cool story. I I oh yeah, I, so give, I, give me a good one. All right, so I, I'll tell you this about a couple guys. Brian Cronut, who good friend of mine, we went to sniper school together. Yeah. On April twenty sixth, he got hit in the face by a hand grenade in 04 in Fallujah. He was up on a rooftop. And it was a very that's when Gomez was, uh, was wounded. So he he goes back and it, it the when the grenade hit him, it paralyzed part of his face. So it like drooped. So it looked worse than it was. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to like do right away. Yeah, it was I mean, because so it, it like hit nerves and yeah, the face it, just kind yeah, of fell like right wow. in the cheek area. I remember and, him. Yeah. And it went through part of his eyelid. He thought he thought it blinded him. Wow. Uh, but anyway, he he gets to Baghdad and he gets to uh goes to Germany and he finally because they don't want to do surgery on it because they said listen that strap metal is going to shrink and you're probably going to get feeling back in your, your face okay so and that's what happened eventually it did he, he finally, why because it's so hot when it penetrates your skin and yeah, then it, it was swollen when it, was, it cools but, down oh yeah, really and it, they said uh you that'll you'll probably get this back so okay. it, his face kind of came back but when he got real tired or drunk it would droop oh okay my. so this guy gets back to he's from Idaho Falls he's back on leave uh, from the hospital, they've got him fixed up, and he figures out that he can get back to us in Fallujah. So he gets in his car. Like he's been home for a couple weeks, or maybe three weeks. His parents were really pissed at him, but he gets in his car, drives back down to Pendleton, and gets on a flight. Gets able to come back to us. How the fuck? See, I tried. They wouldn't let me. Yeah. So he he f somehow finagled this thing. And well, he gets, he's battalion yeah, commanders, yeah, fucking. Yeah. So he. Brian gets back over to us, and we're going to go out. This is in late June, early July. I'd have to look up the date, but we go out south of the river of the Euphrates, of, of south of Fallujah, and we're mm -hmm. trying to catch these guys moving firearms across the river and ambush them. And it was two teams we went with. And Brian, it's like one of his first ops back. Right? So is that six total guys? Is there uh, three a team? It was eight, but we had seven because I lost a guy. Okay. So, yeah, so we had seven. So okay. We, we go out, we get south of the river, we set up in, in our FFP, which is a final firing position, and we unblouse our boots when you're patrolling, right? So your, your legs can breathe, but when you get back in the hide site, you want to blouse them up. Well, he, he didn't. Why do you want to blouse them back up? So stuff doesn't climb up, climb up you know, your, your, your stuff. That was the answer I was looking yeah. for. And uh, so we're sitting there, we've been there for maybe about an hour or so, and all of a sudden Brian looks at me and his eyes is like dead eyes. I'm, I don't know if he's seen somebody or what's going on. We're getting ready to get in a gunfight. And he stands up and he starts hitting his pants, and a camel spider comes running out, dude. And, yeah, and runs off. Now, Dom, I'm telling you right now, dude. If that would have been me, every son of a bitch south of Fallujah would have known. I think I would have gave him away my position. I would have been shooting a pistol in the air, screaming. Right? I would not handle that well. Those things are so gnarly. <laughs> there was, when that went out of his pants, I about died. He so like you saw it come. Yeah, I, I saw him hit oh it, and it God. goes and running off, and I. You know, I'm like, oh my god, this is, dude. I was like, thank God it was you, Brian, because he didn't say. He just, was, oh. I don't Man. have a good reflex to keep quiet. I'm like, oh, you oh, know, what I mean, was, you would, and especially across a river, they would have oh heard that. God. So not long after that happens, we all get called back, and because a sniper team in Ramadi got hit and got executed, and so they called all sniper teams within the region back. So we patrol back. And we get to this this house that's kind of opened up, and uh, some grunts are there. I, I don't know if it was a golf company or what, but 
we go in and we tell the, the officers like we're back and this is what we're doing we're and we're gonna go sleep so all these grunts are like sleeping on rocks and like air, other rooms that just look uncomfortable and there's a there's a room right when you come in that's like looks like soft dirt yeah and i'm like why are these guys not sleeping in here so we all rack up in there it is soft and we all pass out wake up in the morning to the lieutenant talking to us he's like man you guys you guys are badass and we're like what what's going on he goes i told the guys this would be a great room to sleep but they just didn't want to sleep on all the the goat shit that's where the goats so your carpet was goat shit yeah it's so you had memory foam yeah with but it was goat shit we didn't have memory foam dude we were laying on our no i'm saying the goat shit was a memory foam. it was it was dried up goat shit that we couldn't see and we all stunk so we Uh, yeah so we're sitting in there that whole place fucking reeks oh it's you know, horrible. And we're like laying in it. And, uh, one of the guys, Buck Buckler, he's eating a Snickers bar and he's got like his taco meat hanging out. Yeah. His chest. And he's like, I don't care. You know, sitting there. And Brian, that was like one of his first stops back. back. Camel <laughs> spider, goat shit. shit. Yeah. So it was, it was oh one of those God. things where it was, uh, I don't know. I just, the fact that one, he didn't make a ton of noise with the camel spider. And then we come back and we sleep on goat shit. That's a trained sniper to stay quiet in that situation. Guys, if you don't, for some reason you've been, I don't even know where you've been, but haven't heard of camel spiders. You've got to Google camel spiders in Iraq. There there's videos of us fighting them, not us, Uh, but fighting them with scorpions and all kinds of weird shit, but they have, a camel spider, uh, like next to a pin, let's say, just to give you a scale of how big these fucking things are. They don't look like they're from this planet. Yes, they, they look like they're aliens. They don't look like an animal. Yeah. One of our guys, I can't. Uh, it might have been Zerhide, poor guy. He's not with us anymore. But uh, he, it was, it was fun. He would make it fun to do things like that. <laughs> so Stassart Montez was like, "Hey, take your." I don't even know if it was just K-Bar or whatever, bayonet maybe, because yeah. those weren't allowed to be sharpened. But he's like, I need you to low crawl around so you stay low and start killing. Of course, it was a joke, and Zerhide yeah. did it. And it was just, it was wild. But I mean, like, sleeping in a hole, okay, so say that same defensive position that Ethan and his guys were up above us, you could hear them. You know, you're in dry, dry, dry sand and rock and just the shittiest. But you could hear them like, like yeah climbing across like running across the ground and it was not <laughs> whatever sound you think of when you're trying to imagine what i'm talking about is false it's like a full-grown fucking thing is yes. running across they're massive they're massive and it, it when you were getting like uh, inserted in positions like they were leaving the, the base camp really early like zero two zero three yeah because the sun would hit the roads it would they would warm them oh sure and, and they love that shit so you would be on there with your your night vision on the going out of the wire and you would see them running off the road Ugh. and it was like a massive sea of them running. I just, God almighty. You don't see them yeah, until the, you fucking see them. And then you're just like, these look like small cats yeah. running across the yeah. road. They're ridiculous. I, I was, thank God I never got bit by one or had one. I'm telling you, but it would have been bad news. Well, listen, I know that we, uh, we kind of, got off of our birthday uh which was and wasn't the point it was just to have my brother here and talk um we're 248 years old today that's right 248 248 born in a bar that's where we so you know i'm not gonna go ahead and read all this stuff if you are interested in it there's a a ton of have you ever been to a birthday ball yes you uh, have so our first one we went to waffle was a uh, i didn't i didn't i've never been to one 
So I went to I went to one before we deployed, and it was in uh, it was outside of Vegas. Yeah, and it was I was a I was a PFC. It was it was out of like out of control, man. I I uh, had way too much fun. Thought I was going back to our hotel. I was with the Cameron Johnson, the guy that actually yeah. got me to to join a platoon, and we went out and gambled, which I was not old enough to gamble, but that didn't seem to matter. Not in dress blues. Not yeah. We get back at like four in the morning, maybe five, and we go into the hotel. I'm knocking at the door. I got my room key, right room number, right floor, banging on my room, and uh, this old man answers, scared to death. And I'm like, where's McDonald at? <laughs> my roommate. Yeah. And this guy's like, what, man? You got the wrong room. I'm like, no, I don't. Look, and I show him the key, and he's got there were a little confusion. It was the wrong hotel. You're at the wrong fucking ho- massive hotel. No, yes, wrong one. Yeah. Wow. There was the, there was, not only was it like we didn't get to the right one, it was two down. Yeah. We had to go. And uh, But the funny part is, as I'm walking back down, I just scared this old man half to death. Uh, we, we, we walked down. And I make eye contact with the camera, and he's like, wrong hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so I just got done with Land Nav, and somehow I got... <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, but I went to that, and then we, we never had one back in uh, Vegas area again. It was... we on, I only went to one other, and it was before we left, I think. Maybe yeah. Was, maybe that was... I should have went. I should have I yeah, should have went to one just, just for the historical yeah. aspect of it, but I just didn't for some reason. I think I went to two. I was lucky enough to go to two. Nice. So, but they're, yeah, they're good. I mean, it depends where they're at, too. I'm surprised Vegas lets us back. I, but we I don't a good know. Time. It's yeah. like it's like downtown San Diego. Yes. When something happens, it's not just a bunch of guys. It's Marines at it again, and it's yeah. like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, I totally understand why certain bars don't want to. Of course. Like, at first, when you get there, you're like, this is kind of bullshit. You're yeah. Discriminating against Marines. Yeah. And then after being in Marines a little bit, you're like, I the place is a mess and it's like we, we fight in our shitty little barracks by ourselves yes. just to have fun much less in this public place um i like to leave um uh, you know like i told you before we started i i i do want to help people um you are a man who has seen and done things that very much myself included and most of the world has never gotten to do um you have I don't know how you've done it, but, uh, you know, as far as mental health goes and um, um, compartmentalizing, if you will, and all that stuff. If if you're talking to uh, one of our brothers or or someone in a different branch who maybe just didn't do the same job you did because fucking most people haven't um, any kind of advice, any kind of helpful, um, you know, I talk about often you know, we don't need to go into the VA thing, but, um, uh, finding a therapist for me, it was, it was the recipe of Alicia, who wasn't even my wife at the time. Of course, the love of my, and and this goes into sobriety and, and, and mental health also, but, um, finding someone I relate to, I related to, that was a big one for me because like, I don't know if you've experienced it, but, uh, you go to the VA and they open Pandora's box and start talking about your childhood, of course. And then two weeks later, I come back to see you and you're gone. So now I got to start reliving this fucking thing. Well, eventually, I don't want to. Yeah. Um, don't do that I, I, I talk about that often, but uh, you I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you can you can anything that helped you. You're sleeping any any of that stuff you'd like to share with these good people. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a little different for everybody, but. Definitely find a circle of people that are like yourself. You 
uh, that you can relate to yeah. if at all possible. And invest in yourself. You know, we talk about people, if they blow their knee out, they go and have rehab and surgery and all this stuff. Your, your brain's seeing very traumatic things, and it's going to deal with it one way or the other. Uh, but it's going to come out one way or the other. Yeah. So I think, one, if to look and find a therapist that would fit you, that's not always going to be perfect, and it's not always going to be long-term. But it may open your eyes up to a lot of things. Like yeah. Just basic things you're doing that maybe were great for you in that past life, but now that you've transitioned to this one, it, it, it doesn't help you. You know, it's And accepting a, the new. Accepting that, that new reality for yeah. you. Um, for me, uh, Scripture was big. I try to read Scripture every day. I grew up in a Christian home, yeah. so I know that's not everybody's uh, yeah. jam. But to me, it was uh, every morning I have Scripture that I right. that I pay attention to and read and, and try to reflect on. And getting outside, I, I do believe for like Marines and people like Dude. us, Getting outside, walking, hike, get into hiking. I know. Um, you know, some people may not <laughs> want to get into hunting. That's totally cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just getting outside is so important. To we, watch animals without a rifle and wanting to harvest the animal is still a magical fucking place. Absolutely. And it's it's great for, I mean, probably the worst thing I did is, is got away from working out and doing things because you build up anxiety oh. and you build up adrenaline in your body. So it's good for you to go work out and... and uh, you know, it doesn't have to be anything too crazy, but enough that you get out and work out and help uh, get that uh, anxiety and those things outside of you yeah. a little bit. Uh, be very careful with substance abuse. Um, These guys know. have heard all that yeah. to nauseum because yeah. it's it's my biggest thing. Yeah, my I, my biggest one I learned in rehab that I I relapsed after that. But people, places, and things. You just spoke about you just spoke about it. You just spoke about it. Um, give me an F on that paper. No, uh, you just spoke about it, uh, changing the people I was around, the places I was going and things I was doing. Yeah. You know, um, I, the, the, the thing to me, and I've talked to these guys, I'm just talking to you, the, the wounded warrior project with the project odyssey. It was basically five days in Northern Arkansas outside, no phones, no this, um, uh, team building stuff. And I mean, it gets as corny as trust falling and stuff like yeah. that, but, but like, it, it was just all about repelling and, 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 and whitewater rafting and shit. Yeah. And I came home a different dude. I came home. Like I needed that. Yeah. I just helped a buddy. We went to Jonesburg setting up a deer stand. I've never done that before, but just walking around in the woods, learning why that tree isn't so good. There's not a lot of cover up there. The deer, da, 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 da. Yeah. but I can't, I, every time I go out to the woods, I come home better than I was. Uh, that's my uh, being in the woods is uh, is therapeutic, and it depends what state you're in. But even Missouri, man, there's so many awesome like trails. We've to go got hike. shit everywhere, I mean, everywhere. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite things that I don't get to do it as much as I would uh, like, but section hiking, I think for Marines it's good because you, you get the pack. And one, by the way, shit is so much lighter now. Like, yeah, I could have a pack that like for five days is like. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm so pissed off. I want to go do this. I don't so, know what this is. Yeah, so it's it's essentially you're gonna hike from point A to point B. Uh, one that I love to do is Tom Sock to the Johnson shut-ins, and it's about 13 miles. It's rough terrain, but you can camp in the middle, and they got campsites on the way. And you 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 know you structure the route like you would on a, a patrol. Yeah. But, uh, and there's a lot of different tools out there that can help. And you got packs, and you got your your sleeping your tents or whatever, and you you hike for a little bit set up camp, cook your dinner, filter your water, and then wake up the next morning and head out to your destination. And when you get there, you can swim, you can do all kinds of stuff. But there's, it's part of the Ozark Trail. 
the fuck but, have I been? This yeah, sounds amazing. It's, it's, it's awesome. It, you can get addicted to it. It's it's badass. And the good news is, man, I have enough gear for like five people. You, we're so, gonna have to set this up. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's not just too even far. a day. Yeah, you know, you're just going. If if you just did a a day hike, it's it's great too. Just to get out. Yeah. Hear the birds. Put your phone away. You know, talk to you can talk while you walk. You you can you cannot. You can be quiet. Oh yeah. But there's such a million things. You don't have to be big into hunting, but I, I do think the outdoors for guys like us is is massive to turn all the noise off. Yeah. You know, the, you can't hear the highway. You're not on your phone. You're just you're kind of living. Yeah. The way you're supposed to be. Yep. And um, I, I would I would urge people into those type of things. Just anything outdoors. Brilliant advice, man. I agree with you. Um, something I used to do on like our McCree hike that, that was our thirty mile like on all the hikes or runs, and and I know it, it it's like that that kid in me um <clears throat> i would picture you know of course fresh out of high school you still have a bunch of family and friends and everything i would yeah. picture everybody on the side of the road like cheering me on yeah and that like so then i had this i had the motivation to please those people and so th I, they, they cannot see me weak that's fucking not yeah. what you're gonna see me looking like is tired or weak you know yeah. and so um and then and then that pride and all that other stuff so it's like even if you have to for me get inside of my head and and create this positive little um uh, scene or or whatever I'm trying to say it like yeah. it it gives me drive you know on long hikes and long runs you get those ups and downs and it's yeah. a it's a mental it's a mental game too and uh for me like trying to you know my mom passed now and stuff but uh her seeing me do well so if you need to motivate yourself in any way like that, come up with it. It's okay to, uh, you know, what's it called when you, um, uh, not like, well, what's it called? Imagine. It's okay yeah. to like have your imagination and do, to make it fun. It, you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be miserable and shitty. And yeah, I, I think part of that's just, and you get your mind in a positive vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean, and it's, uh, it's easy for guys like us to get in a negative spiral on yeah. things. And that's why I think it's important to, to have a, a daily routine is big, but outdoors is huge. Find something you're passionate about though. I mean, I, when I got out, man, I jumped into football, like <laughs> an obsession. That's all I did. Yeah. And I've gotten a healthy balance now. More right. From it. Right. Now, now that it's been somebody, it's my 18th year coming up this year. Wow. And, but it, it's something I'm passionate about. I'm also helping people, so of course. you get that part of it. And you are outside a lot with Yeah, it. absolutely. But it's I, I would say those things, positive thoughts, man, like it's easy for us to get negative. You can get in that dark hole if you're not careful. Of, if you're looking for negative, so you're going to find what you're looking for. Abs and, it's there. Yeah, waiting. whether it's good or bad. And, and you know, you, you've almost basically said it, and I know I've said it before, but that three mile run or one mile walk. I'm not pushing people to go yeah. run, but like that. So, so my three mile little thing I do here and I'm not, I'm not busting it. I'm still a runner and stuff, but it's like a half an hour changes 23 hours. Right. Yeah. So it's like invest that uh, 50 push ups, 50 sit ups, 50 squats, and you will get 22 hours of positive on the other end. And, and I know, but and you know too, man. When that that negative thing tells you that fucking, I'm not going for a walk. I'm not going for. A run. I don't want to lift weights. I'm not some yeah. fucking weightlifter. Don't listen to that guy every once in a while, and drive right through that motherfucker and shove him in the ground. And the outcome is going to just far outweigh the bad. 
Absolutely. Well, that David uh, Goggins talks about, uh, don't listen to your inner bitch. Yeah, I mean, he's a yeah. complete freak. Yes, I, I, he's like, total. But his mindset is correct. Yes. You, and you don't have to run ultras to, yeah. to get that guy. You don't have to piss yeah. blood to be like that. But yeah. you're right, man. I'm with you. Um, I want to tell everybody listening, um, uh, you know, Ethan and I talked before we uh, hit record here, and I didn't go into... Again, all kinds of like long distance shots and stuff. Um, I think there's enough of that. And and uh, it's not what I want this whole thing to be about. If someday we do this again and it, and it just comes up organically, then great. But um, I will tell you that uh, something that makes me very proud to know Ethan and be a brother of his. Um, is it National Geographic or is it Discovery? The Inside the Crosshairs. Uh, History Channel. History. Yeah, History Channel. Um, Inside the Crosshairs is what it's called. It's a show that Ethan did. When did, when did you do that? That was... Uh, Five, six or something? I mean... No, it was um, 08. Eight? It was 08 and then another one in 09. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, so you so you can you can YouTube all this stuff and find him, and it's a really good story, one of those stories you might be looking for, and, and that's okay, too, um, but I just didn't feel like today was the right time or platform for that um do are you do you do anything on social media you want anybody to know about or anything you can talk about football whatever if you want to plug i don't you know i i mean i have really i have facebook so i can talk to you guys yeah and 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 really twitter the only reason i have that is uh football football i got you i don't do either of them so i'll be honest if i if i could i would get rid of all i'm (laughs) I'm telling you man it's been uh six or seven years for me i tried to i kind of started one for this podcast and then i i just i understood that it was taking up time and energy that i didn't maybe i didn't have it in the bank or i didn't want to give over and so like i like if this thing takes off great if it doesn't i still get to sit here and talk to my brother on our birthday so it's a win for me man Thank you so much for coming by and taking time out of your day and family and all that stuff, brother. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. It's awesome. Awesome to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, happy birthday to all our brothers and sisters out there. Uh, Happy Veterans Day tomorrow. Um, I think the thing that we can do most is take care of ourselves. Um, uh, Earn that happy Veterans Day. Earn that happy birthday. Earn all these things. And when I say earn, I mean... You don't want to be the guy that somebody says happy birthday or happy Veterans Day to and they kind of mean it and it's just the right thing to do. You I think you 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 want to hold yourself in and uh to to the standards that that got you to earn the right to be said happy Veterans Day, you know? So be the motherfucker that you know you are, or you have been in your past, you can get it back. It doesn't have to be in the same you know, job and all that shit. We're, we're all adults and we have to raise children and love wives and husbands and, and all that stuff. But in your own little way, again, being outside and, and working out and taking care of yourself, um, you know, honor yourself like you do your core, honor yourself like you do uh, veterans. And uh, I don't think that there's a way that you can go wrong if, um, if you do that. So Thank you guys for listening. Um, it'll be on YouTube soon, Spotify, all that other shit I don't need to say. Um, I, I always appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, and, and if you can, if you if you know a Marine, and I don't care if it's late, happy birthday or not, but uh, we appreciate that. I, I appreciate it probably more than Happy Veterans Day. I, it's just okay, so yeah. personal. You yeah. know what I mean? It's our fucking thing, and the other branches don't do it. I, I don't know why that is, but... Yeah. Uh, make sure you call your Marines and tell them happy birthday.
All right, guys, we'll see you soon. Take care of each other. Be nice. Do something nice for somebody. See ya.